Thank you for joining us for our first episode of NAJA Now. I'm Sarah Tipton, part of the Marketing and Technology Committee. Joining me is our NAJA parliamentarian, Wilma Wilbanks. Now, Wilma, tell me a little bit about what the parliamentarian does for NAJA. Certainly. Thank you, Sarah. Parliamentarian is an advisor, not only on Robert's Rules of Order, but meeting management and optimizing efficiencies for the presiding officer and actually advises all NAJA volunteers and staff when asked about proper procedures, precedent, and, you know, nonprofit law in Mississippi and how it applies to NAJA. And this enables us to run efficient meetings and to accomplish what the executive committee board and uh, individual officers and committees want to accomplish. And I might add that since this is an advisory position, advice is asked, you know, is requested, advice is given and sources cited. And then it's up to the volunteer to decide if they're going to follow that advice or do something different. That's a big order (laughs) for sure. Uh, Yes, definitely. Yes. (laughs) So now, how long have you been involved with the Junior Auxiliary? Since uh, 1983. Wow. Thank you for serving for so long. That's wonderful. That's an amazing amount of dedication. Well, Sarah, my mother joined Junior Auxiliary in 1959, and she is still involved. That is something that I have really noticed in my years of being involved with Junior Auxiliary. I joined in 2010, so about 12 years, nowhere near the time that you have, but a while for sure. There are family legacies, especially in our Mississippi chapters, and it is just something that is so tremendous to see the dedication of service and the heart of servants that many of these women are handing down through the generations. It is, and it certainly worked on me as a teenager because I remember my mother saying that, I, because of course I accompanied her when she was an active member mm-hmm. and she remained active for 11 years, if you can believe it, because she loved the service so much. And so I accompanied her on many, many service opportunities. And I thought being in junior auxiliary was just the the pinnacle of good citizenship. And it's what every woman should aspire to be, was to be a member of junior auxiliary. And so perhaps when I was being a somewhat rebellious teenager, I remember my mother saying, your behavior follows you in life. If you ever want to be in junior auxiliary, you need to start now and being mindful of your actions and your behavior because people are watching. And if you want to be in junior auxiliary, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to behave in a way that um, that would encourage them to ask you to be a member. I was probably 14 years old and it made a tremendous impact on me. All of us with mothers uh, that want their daughters to grow up and be honorable members of society, you know, and to be part of these organizations, that is something I think that has been drilled into many of us. Now, you have been a member of Junior Auxiliary and participating in the organization for 40 years and you are our parliamentarian. Tell me 
a little bit about how Junior Auxiliary began. It began in 1941, is that correct? NAJA began in 1941 when a group, uh, when groups from a a number of communities who were doing similar things came together because they realized that they, their voices would be, be louder if they came together as a group and that they could make a greater impact in their individual communities by working together and learning from one another, pooling their resources, so to speak. Louise Eskridge Crump was the first president and she was the mastermind behind this effort to bring women in the South, uh, Mid-South at that time, together to join as one in an association and to help one another succeed. And I think that is a tremendous legacy that NAJA has, is a history of women helping one another, supporting one another in their volunteer efforts and in creating opportunities to make their communities a a better place to live and helping children. Helping children is one of the core values of NAJA. What were some of the driving factors for these women to get together to create the organization? There was such need in the communities because we take for granted that health care is readily available and that healthy milk and eggs and basic necessities are available. But that was not so in the 1930s because actually the Junior Auxiliary in Greenville started around 1935. And I know in some of the other communities, they these organizations began around the same time mm-hmm. or shortly thereafter. I remember one of the original projects in Greenville was to provide milk because children were, were becoming very ill. Everyone has a refrigerator today. Right. At that time, children were becoming very sick from eating spoiled food and drinking spoiled milk or going hungry because there was no there was not enough to eat we're looking at you know the great depression and there had been the great flood in 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 the late 20s and it was taking communities years there was not work readily available for all parents education was a luxury because often children were pulled out of school, you know, in the fifth or sixth grade at that time to come and help work so that the families could have enough money to survive, much less thrive, but just to survive. Junior Auxiliary was, I mean, it was a life or death situation. When you think about what they did and the services they provided, there was not a hospital in every town. There were not doctors. There were not acute care clinics where you could run and have your condition diagnosed and medicine made available. And Junior Auxiliary did all of that, providing the basic needs for children and and for their families. Their, Their work was certainly never limited just to children because they also, I know in Greenville, they were very much involved in providing health care for people who had traveled down the river and actually lived in encampments on the levee. They had nothing. And the junior auxiliary women provided food, medical care, 
it's very humbling and inspirational when you look back and see exactly what they did because they were doing more than just improving the quality of life in a community. They saved lives. There's no doubt. So the impact is in inestimable. That ripple of the care of small children is something I think that today's members take for granted. We, for years, said care today, character tomorrow. But in those early days of NASA, it was saving lives, doing the best for communities and helping those children. The amount of poverty and the lack of food resources, you, it's very unfathomable what those women contended with to make change in their communities. Absolutely. So, you know, the 40s roll around, the 50s, we start to see improvement in the Deep South where the majority of the chapters are. Tell me a little bit about how NAJA expands its reach beyond Mississippi. There was Arkansas representation at the original organizational meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1941. What I think we see is that in Mississippi and Arkansas, there was that internal growth within those states. And then because so many people in the South are related, you know, we're all related to everybody or know somebody. And the good that they were doing received even national attention. And if I may, I will share one story with you, if that's Please. okay. Yes. Around 1955, there was a deadly measles outbreak across the country. Okay. So when whatever the Center for Disease Control was called at that time, started looking at the pattern of the outbreak, there was one blank spot on the map. And it was Washington County, Mississippi. They flew people in from Washington, D.C. to try to find out what was going on, that there was apparent immunity or near immunity in this small, poor, rural county mm -hmm. in Mississippi. It was because of junior auxiliary. The Junior Auxiliary of Greenville reached out to the Junior Auxiliary of Leland. They both gave money and purchased measles vaccine for all the children in the county. Again, not only saved lives, but prevented a great deal of misery. When you have children who are that sick, then parents can't go to work. It affects family income. You know, the dominoes fall. Right. All the things that they prevented by... Um, by purchasing, they raised the money and purchased the vaccine. People flew in from Washington to find out that it was because of this group of caring women who were so invested in their communities that they were basically free of this nationwide epidemic. So the word got out. I mean, our fundraisers, a fundraiser in Greenwood, Mississippi, made Time Magazine. Junior Auxiliary attracted attention, and then as women talked to their families about what they were doing, that's how it spread, it spread organically. Because when you have a purpose like ours, thankfully, more and more people became interested in doing the same thing and replicating the effort and being part of the larger group, the association, in order to get 
the benefit of the experience of other chapters exchanging project ideas, resources, fundraising efforts. You know, it was just that kind of that kind of camaraderie and shared purpose that aided the the growth of junior auxiliary during that time. Wilma Wilbanks, our national parliamentarian for junior auxiliary. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, y'all, next week, we've got another look at the more recent history of the National Association of Junior Auxiliaries. So stay tuned. We'll have another great episode coming up in about seven days. I'm Sarah Tipton with the Marketing Technology Committee, and I look forward to another episode of Now next week.